We're in the home stretch of the regular season, which teams are poised for a playoff push, and which teams are on their curtain call. Welcome to The Shot Callers. What's good, Baller Nation? It's your boy, JV, and we are back with another episode of The Shot Callers. The date is March 4th, and as always, I got my boys with me. Say what up, fellas. What's going on? This is Andre. What's going on? Believe it or not, this is Rich. Rich is uh, Rich. Got the what Doc is that? Rivers going right there. <laughs> you got the Doc Rivers impersonation. Uh, I took a trip to see my favorite band, Metallica, and I, I guess my, I went a little too hard. My voice is a little gone from the weekend. I guess if you sounded normal, you didn't have a good time. So glad you enjoyed it. Also, like, ballers, it's Rich's birthday, so give a shout out to my man right here. Happy birthday. Everybody say happy birthday to Rich, happy birthday Rich, uh, and not to uh, overshadow, but just yesterday was also Andre's birthday, so happy birthday Andre, we got Aww. the March boys in the house. That's right. All we want for our birthdays is some retweets. Yep. Yeah. If, uh, if, uh, if some anybody, likes. Yeah, if anybody wants to give us a little gift, go ahead and uh, visit us at Shot Callers Show on Twitter, like. Uh, and subscribe to the show. <laughs> subscribe to the show. Yeah, that'd be pretty Tweet. important. Do yeah. all that good stuff. <laughs> say shout out, happy birthday to these guys. Um, I know they would really appreciate it. Um, as we talked about in the intro, guys, three quarters of the way through the season, not much time left. Let's dive right into it. What are you guys seeing out there? What do you got? Who is going to make a push in the playoffs, and who's uh, you know who's on their curtain call? Who's who's should just call it quits? Uh, I don't know about calling it quits. Maybe the East should call it quits on beating the Milwaukee Bucks. I managed to tune into three of the different games this this uh, this week this weekend, and I don't know how you know there's some trends like. The Boston Celtics, they're losing. They look dysfunctional. They lose to all the good teams. And, but who knows? Maybe we're, they're going to buck the trend and turn it around. I don't know how you can go away from the notion that the uh, Bucks, who have a top five offense and a top five defense, are somehow going to get topped by one of these other more inconsistent teams in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a straight path to the finals for those guys. I got to disagree on that. I don't think it'll be a straight path, but I do want to talk about a team you mentioned, the Celtics. Andre, what's going on with the Celtics, man? I talked to, about them last week as being my number one underperformers. You know, it raised the question for me. You know, last year we talked so much. Uh, we praised them so much. In particular, we praised their head coach, Brad Stevens. You know, seeing what they're doing now with even more talent, you know, how much of that falls on him? And maybe did we, were we a little hasty to, to overrate him as a, as a perennial coach? Uh, man, just a lot of stuff's going on with them, man. Like, uh, after last year going to game seven in the conference finals against Cleveland, uh, everyone would have thought that they would have been, you know, the perennial team coming out the top of the East. Um, but this year, man, things just aren't looking the same. They're not moving the ball as well. Like, uh, seems like a lot of people are arguing or fighting amongst themselves trying to see, you know, who's going to get the shot off. Uh, just really inconsistent in terms of offense. They don't look like a team. The ball's not moving like it was last year. And uh, you'd think a guy like Brad Stevens, who's, you know, who's been praised as, you know, drawing off these perfect plays and, you know, encouraging a good culture of sharing the ball and making plays and things like that would be able to, you know, handle like a team with this much talent. But they've just kind of been over- underachieving. And uh, with that, I'm thinking like – it brings up something that pop said that like every good coach in the NBA, they know the X's and O's, right? It's, you know, how you handle the talent that you're given the egos and everything else outside of, you know, the actual game of basketball that helps lead to success. And that's the mark of a good coach. And right now we're kind of maybe not seeing that. What, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Well, I have a couple questions. Cause I, I agree. Um, 
you know, Brestin is the great last year. I mean, the Celtics in general look great last year. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Maybe it was a little hasty to, to kind of anoint him as, you know, the next pop or, or, you know, Zen master or whatever you, whoever you want to compare him to. Um, I even saw some people say, you know, to keep this guy around, you should give him part of the franchise. And I always thought that was a little, you know, over yeah, the top. That's a little, that's a crazy. But you mean a percentage of the stock in the team? Yeah, like pretty much, right? Two percent, two percent, whatever that that equals out to. I'm sure it's a lot of money. <laughs> but you know, I think they were a little hasty on that. But do you think it's more so? I have two questions. Do you think part of it is they're falling into the the not the trap, but maybe well, I guess you can call it the trap of too much talent, and it's hard to keep a lot of guys who feel like they are, you know top level performers happy and two do you think they they still lack that standout leader which i know Kyrie is trying his hardest to be but it doesn't seem like the people in that locker room necessarily respect them in that regard i think he has a lot of respect and i was actually thinking about what i was going to say when you turned it over and you kind of preluded exactly what i was thinking when you think back to uh greg popovich and phil jackson two coaches that people really think of as standout year after year, long-time success coaches. Uh, Popovich had the, had the, and he'll say it all day long, he had the pleasure, the luck, and the, you know, for, he was fortunate enough to coach Tim Duncan, someone that was quiet, but he could instantly make an example of him and let Tim Duncan lead the way for everyone that came through the franchise over the course of, what, like 12, 13, 14, Right, 15 he, he years. leads their culture. Exactly. Uh-huh. And then so Phil Jackson, a little bit different. He had Kobe over the years, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, challenging guys that came in, challenging to beat them in practice. And he was a little more hands-off. He was a little opposite of, uh, of Greg Popovich. He wasn't always yelling and screaming. When things were going terribly, he'd say, all right, these guys are going to figure it out. I'm not calling any timeouts. Y'all figure it out amongst themselves, amongst yourselves. And Brad Stevens, like, he doesn't have to fit into one of those two archetypes. We don't really know what he is or what he's going to be. But and he's he's young. He's like what thirty four, thirty five. I think he's in his forties. He's not. I don't think he's in his forties. He's really young. But uh, anyway, yeah. So it would definitely help to have a player like that. You would think that maybe Al Horford could take a role like that, being the oldest guy on the team, but still really good. He seems to be very very quiet. Uh, Kyrie is a little more mercurial. He wants to talk about how he's won in the past. He's got to show these guys and. These guys are like, well, we almost won last year even without you there. So who knows? It's all kind of swirling. Right. So um, I feel like the young guys young guys are maybe a little bit of victims of their own success, right? They, they take it to game seven last year without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, and they're like, hey, they probably think they've, they've got the recipe to success already. We don't need you, basically. Right. So yeah. now you got those two guys coming back, and now you've got guys who've had success without them. They feel like they should get more shots. No mm-hmm. one wants to really be the role player. They have like eleven good people on the <laughs> right. squad, and, and you know, one thing that I heard this week was that the Suns and the Celtics had a trade happening in about January for Terry Rozier, but they were arguing over the protection on the picks. Right, Danny Ainge wanted to protect this much, and the Phoenix Suns actually wanted to protect this pick. So they couldn't come to a to an agreement, and so if Terry Rozier's not there, there's some more minutes to be soaked up by those guys. You know, I think that's where a lot of franchises kind of self, not self implode, but kind of are their own worst enemy. Like you have a lot of assets, and I guess it kind of goes back to the mentality. And you can compare, you can even talk about this with the with the 76ers when you have a lot of assets, right? I think the 76ers did a sli- uh, slightly better job with those assets. And what I mean is, like you know, you find a diamond in the rough, like like Robert Covington. And everybody, you know, says the process, never trade your best players, things like that, um, acquire as many picks. Um, but I think they made the smart move to say, you know what, we have this many assets. 
but at what point is there is there is such a thing as too many assets i feel right. like and you just gotta you gotta get the what you can while you can and in this case they said okay we can get we're in the jimmy butler sweepstakes if it means giving away robert covington and what else was it a pick i think um let, let's go ahead and do it right because yeah. these are these guys going to win us a title and i think that's where the celtics messed up in assessing and you talked about Rozier in particular they 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 made a mistake in assessing you know can this be our starting point guard is this going to be the starting point guard that's going to get the celtics to the finals and win us a title and maybe the fact that they did that they did get that far without Kyrie and gordon hayward probably you know blurred their blurred their assessment a little bit you know made them overthink it when in reality they should have said, okay, he's at. A, he, let's sell him high. Is is Terry Rozier's value ever going to be higher than right now? You know, one you know one game shy of the finals. He had a great playoffs. You know, we, they they messed up in my opinion. They should have sold him high. Well, the thing is too, like look at all the teams that have found success in the past, right? Uh, just let's just take Cleveland for example, 2016. Uh, you got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, LeBron James. Kevin Love was an All Star, but then he goes to Cleveland and he's forced to be a spot up shooter. So uh, in, in that instance, you have a, a very talented player who's getting less touches, but still, you know, being productive and contributing to team success. The thing with Boston right now is they have a whole bunch of young talent and they're so young and they found so much success that they feel like they probably don't need to change their formula to be successful. Because you, you even had Tatum like working out with Kobe and stuff over the summer. So he's probably thinking he should be getting all the shots. But at the same time, uh, to, to be successful, you got to have players that are willing to play their role. And that's just something you're not seeing right now in Boston. Like Richard brought up Tim Duncan and the Spurs uh, in the past. Tim Duncan set the tone for the San Antonio offense. Steph Curry sets the tone for the offense in Golden State. They pass the ball. They shoot. Uh, they need someone to set the tone in Boston. Right now, everyone wants to get the ball and throw it up. And that's just not going to work. I think it just goes back to what I said earlier. They don't have that clear-cut leader as much as Kyrie tries to, do, tries to be that person. I don't think they he, they're bought into him in that regard, and uh, I just really think that they that they they hesitated way too much to pull the trigger on that. And I understand that if they would have traded it to the Suns and had it been been protected, they probably wouldn't have gotten a crazy high pick because the Suns kind of suck year over year. Um, so I understand that, but now you're in a situation where you know you don't know what Terry Rozier's value is. It's not as high as it was last year or at the beginning of the season. So what do you really do? I don't see it getting any better um, in the near future. Maybe Brad Stevens, you know, sits the team down and they have a, maybe they do, you know, what are those called? They have some kind of retreat and they just, you know, have a bonding. Yeah. Who knows what? I don't know. I'm not an NBA head coach. I'm sure there's a lot of tricks, tips and tricks that they. Well, like that's the role of a good leader too, is, you know, to get the team together, go out on trips, build camaraderie. Yeah. Well, Richard talked about, (laughs) Richard talked about how like pop could just be like, they'll figure these guys will figure it out. But you had Tim Duncan. Like, I think we're kind of short selling the fact that Tim Duncan was not just a great player, but you know, a great, leader yeah like the so spurs like we weren't obviously we weren't in the locker room but they pretty much they came off as a pretty close in the family right yeah so it's like it's easy for them to you know get along everyone to set their roles everyone knows what they have to do to find success and boston needs to find the game plan for them they need a first off they need a leader like you said who's gonna you know set the tone and you know bring the bring the team together yeah like i said last week um they're beating bad teams. They're not beating any good teams at this point. If the playoffs ended right now, I believe they would play the Sixers, and so I'm anticipating a first round. But uh, bye bye. 
Uh, I mean, they, they usually do well against the Sixers. They've won one game since the All-Star break. They beat the Washington Wizards. Uh, but aside from that, they've lost to the Rockets. Uh, they've lost to the Raptors. Uh, it's just not been a good look for them post All-Star break, even though they had a good win with Gordon Hayward coming back, going into the break. And Gordon Hayward has like 25 points. In yeah, on like 28 played, shots or 26. Shots, yeah. Not really efficient, play, averaging like 20-ish minutes per game. Uh, on the other hand, and Chan- that can't be helping. Chandler Parsons in the same time span has 23 points, so that's a little. Oh, he uh, lit us up. Oh. Bottom of the barrel uh, rivalry Man. going on right now. Chandler Parsons become like, I don't. You guys don't watch baseball, but it's like the Mendoza line. Like, man, if you can't even get past this guy's performance, like, <laughs> do you remember I used to call? Uh, I used to call the Gordon Hayward Chandler Parsons West when he was in Utah. Chandler the West. You called him the what again? I said, oh, look, it's Chandler Parsons West. Wait, who are you referring to? Gordon Hayward. Oh, okay. Chandler Parsons West. But with better. Well, he was a little better. better. Or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I hope they do get better for this. I, I mean, I'm betting that they don't, that they do exit first round. But hopefully I'm wrong so we can get some more exciting basketball in the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs, undoubtedly. So what, what do y'all think? What do you think the future is like for them? You think they're going to blow it up? Um, I don't well, know if they'll they're all like, think they're going all in on AD well, or uh, who knows. Like depending on how the playoffs go, Horford could opt out, Kyrie could be gone, and then like yeah, exactly have, have the young guys. So and then at that point, running. you don't look as appealing to Anthony Davis. So yeah, I, I definitely I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. It they sucks. might get. Some... It sucks because before the season started, you'd be like, "Damn, that'd be a yeah." I think team I think a lot of people <laughs> had that team maybe tops in the East. And so to flip everything that we've said on the TED so far, last season the Celtics at the beginning of the season had, a, I think, a 16-game winning streak that really inflated their percentages. And if you kind of normalize that, is what I was reading on Twitter earlier in the day, um, they come out to be about a 48-win team, 48-win projected pace that season. And that's what they're on pace to get this season. And then when the playoffs came, they kind of you know tore things up going through Milwaukee. It won't be this easy, that easy no, this time definitely going not. through the East. But the East is that's rough this year. They, they almost lost to the Bucks lately. Yeah, I know. But with, exactly. And they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were enigmatic then. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I guess that makes your point more than mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think we've uh, we've spent quite a bit of time on the, the Celtics. Celtics. I, I, wanna, I said Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, let's uh, talk about the Celtics. Can I, can I head over? <laughs> sorry. Can I, can I, I just want to head over west. Uh, caught the OKC game. Um, well, no, this is the Sixers, not the Bucks. Um, but OKC against the Sixers. A couple of big names missing. Uh, no Embiid for the Sixers. No Paul. No George. Paul George for the Thunder. So when both teams are missing their best player, you think you're gonna, you know, be lacking in offense, but there's still plenty of offense. Um, for the Thunder, um, Russell Westbrook showed up. You know, he got his shots up. Um. Not really anybody who can really stop him, although Ben Simmons uh, is, a, is a solid defender. So um, Russ, he Russ put Gale. up a lot of shots. Wasn't really efficient, but he, he did what Russ. he had to do, yeah. <laughs> um, But no Paul George. I think they really they were hurting um, for him, but it was still fun to watch. Um, What did, what was uh, Ben Simmons' stat line? Ben Simmons put up 11 on nine field goal attempts. Yeah, see, uh, 55.6%. Just, yeah, that just shows you. from the free throw line. That just shows you how much tougher it makes it on him when Embiid's not, you know, open, uh, spacing the floor. But he, he still had a triple double. It was 11, 13, and 11. Yeah. The newest, their newest acquisition, Tobias Harris, did go off, though. 32 points in uh, 39 minutes. So, and I believe he also had a 57.9% no, from the double, field. Double. 
Yeah, no, nah, he didn't have a double double. Five rebounds, three assists, but that's still pretty good. Yeah, he, shot, a- he shot well from three too, which is good to see because I think they're gonna need that in the playoffs. Oh yeah, five of seven, seventy one point four percent. Yeah, you're gonna need that from him in the playoffs just because you know Ben Simmons is is still a liability from the outside. So it's good to see Tobias Harris being able to put up that kind of stat line from three. Um, it was just you know kind of a game to just kind of see what these guys were about. Like I said, when you don't have your best players, it's kind of hard to gauge who necessarily is in a better spot, uh, particularly when you have a guy who's in the who is in the MVP talks in Paul George. So for it to only be a two point game, it's it's really hard to kind of say, oh yeah, you know, if they only had Paul George, but then you could say, oh well, if, if you didn't have Embiid, if like had they, Embiid. the game that completely changed the game on both ends. Yeah, for both players. Yeah. Both I know teams. we were hoping last week that he played, didn't play, but it was still it was still I mean it was still good basketball. Yeah, it was a good game either way. Yeah. Uh, when is he projected to come back? Have we had an update well, on his, we, his we, injury? Well, we thought he was supposed to come back on Thursday. Uh, I believe he's been, delayed another yeah. two games. Are they um, delayed again? Yeah, he's going to be gone, I believe, two more games. Um, it's fine. I mean, I'd rather ha- you know him get back to form. Um, they All these teams have less than 20 games uh, left, so. I mean, that's true, but also you need these you need these games to figure out where these lineups are because you can see how without him in the, in the lineup, you know, it seems as though like everyone is eating. Jimmy Butler, the silent. Superstar for the past. Yeah, just uh, putting up twenty points on 20, efficiently. Eight and eight. <laughs> and, and, and another thing is too, like they they just acquire these players, so they're not even used to playing together as a team, like healthily. Like even like th- these guys are they're putting up good numbers, but you know the dynamic of the game is going to change once MB comes back because that's going to be your number one. So. Well, one thing that's concerning there is uh, for the Thunder, at least, is you would think that Stephen Adams, you know, would have had would ate their lunch. With no one beat there, but he didn't have a standout night. Oh, so. no. Nah, well, were... I mean, he had 14 rebounds. and, and He always has 14 rebounds. Right. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, he's not featured in the offense that way. Like, he'll get some dump downs and kind of. Even without Paul George teams. in the lineup? Right. Yeah, yeah, he still had eight offensive rebounds. It, it, so it's that's... not as though there's like a switch that he can flip and be like, all right, let's, let's, let's uh, show off this whole repertoire of moves. Let's get these double step back. That's true. You know? <laughs> let's yeah. get the Euro steps going. Yeah, he definitely him. makes his yeah, money. And you right there I guess you're right. You don't need him to do that. Even, you know, come playoff time, you're not going to ask, you know, Steven Adams to get you 20 points. That's not his game. So I guess you're right on that on that point. Um, another game we uh, I caught this weekend, guys. Did you guys see the Portland and Toronto Raptors game at all? Yeah, that was crazy yeah. with Kawhi Leonard with the Michael Jordan like up with one hand and yeah. finishing with the other one. That yeah. was like the longest game winning shot. Hold the shot. Hold the post. No, not the pose. The pose. You know when you kind of you hold form, the follow through. Up. Yeah, you had to hold that up for like two whole seconds before the ball finally you know rattled in. That's the oh, rainbow, yeah. man. Yeah, but it was it was a crazy game. The you know Toronto started off strong. I believe the the biggest lead was about sixteen points in the third, and you know. The uh the the sorry the Raptors the uh the Trailblazers just came thundering back. CJ you know went off. We got thirty four points. I asked you guys this earlier. Does it always it, does it always seem like CJ's either completely on or completely off? Oh, definitely. Like when he's on, like they are hard to beat. When both CJ and Dame are on, they are just unstoppable. But when he's off, it's like it it creates a large gap in like Portland's offense. And it's also kind of a trick of trick of the light in a sense. If he he's not afraid to uh delegate. He's not afraid to pass off and be unselfish. If he doesn't have it going, he's gonna pass off to Damian Lillard. He's gonna try to get other people going. So when he's not feeling it, he's gonna defer. He's not gonna be shooting getting twenty eight points on twenty eight shots. He's gonna get, you know, eleven on 
on 20 with a bad – with you know, he's not going to hog the ball basically. Well, you're pretty spot on. He went 12 for 20 from the field, perfect from threes. Uh, I think any game where Lillard doesn't have to be, you know – Game time, time. Yeah, the game, whole game. Yeah, Super human. I mean, there's games where he does that. What, what game were we watching the other night, Rich, against the uh, – oh, my gosh, what can I remember? Are you talking about Portland? Yeah, Portland. We were watching Portland against – I cannot remember off the top of my head right now. I mean, we but, got Portland-Boston last week. But they, they – they, it was a close game. Was the Cavs? No, they just beat the Cavs pretty straight up. I can't remember. Yeah, I we'll imagine. come back to it. But, <laughs> dude, like, Damian Litter just took over that game. Like, his speed – like there were, there were the the. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to look this up. But I just remember a play where it was just like, okay, it looks like they're 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 coming back on Portland, and they just put the ball in Damian Lillard's hands, and he just takes it down the court. Oh, the quarter was about to close out. It was third quarter. It was about to close out, and he just goes. That was I think that was you coast. and me. We were watching the Boston well, game. Yeah, yeah. goes me. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. And then he just goes coast to coast and just put lays it in. Like nobody can even keep up with him. Like once he beats you on the first step, it's, it's over. It's done. Yeah, but. To your point, it's good when he doesn't have to do that every night because I mean CJ's more than capable. Well, um, they're I, more and more. They're adding more threats now. You got Nurkic can you know handle some of the load as well Rodney when they're going Hood small. Rodney Hood appears to be available. Yeah, uh, uh, able to explode. Yeah, yeah. you need Seth that. Curry. Like, if you can get that from Rodney Hood, Rodney Hood had 21 points in the fourth quarter on Saturday on Sunday just last night. Um, 27 total or yeah, 24 total. Sorry. No, yeah, 27 total. 21 in the fourth quarter. If you can get that just one game in the playoffs, in, in a playoff series from him, like it's worth the That's investment need, yeah. and he's going to get you that extra W that could have possibly swing the other way. So when you're playing against high level offenses, like the Warriors, um, the Thunder, Rockets, the Thunder. Rockets, somebody that they didn't game plan for. Yeah. Exactly. That is the release. Especially guy, exactly. double whoever. And it's like, give it to this guy and then he can actually burn you. Just like, make the game plan more complex. Yeah. To like, your point, Andre, yeah. this guy's not even your sixth man. Right. Yeah. And if he can come in and do that, I'm not saying he has to put 21 up in one quarter, but damn, give us 15 points over the span of a game. Yeah, you got to respect the bench. Yeah. Like you're good. Like I said last week, like if your second lineup can come in and, and you know, suddenly put you back in the game. How many times have we seen that here with the Mavericks? You know, our for the first half of the season, the the backups had a big, a better plus minus in the starting lineup, and that's why we were winning games. JJ goes down, and that all changes. But to to that point, like you have that one guy that can really carry the second Larry lineup. Um, they'll they'll win you some games. Yeah. So, so like my big my biggest knock on Portland in the past was like their lack of depth. Like I always respected Damon CJ's game, but. You take one of them out and force the other one to carry the load, then they're going to lose. But now they, they've just evolved and they have so much depth that, you know, you kind of got to respect them. Like they deserve their spot in the West and they're going to be a real threat going forward. Yeah, I think that was low-key one of the best GM jobs right there yeah. to acquire, you know, um, Seth Curry during the offseason. Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood before the trade. Uh, you got trade cancer. And cancer. Like, man. Yeah. And they're not. And they haven't been ravaged by injuries like they have in the past. Yeah, they've been healthy. Yeah, they've yeah. been pretty healthy, which is going to be really helpful for any team. This table's not wood, so find some wood to knock on, Rich. Before on the floor, uh, something Yeah, tap your feet on the floor because, man, <laughs> I do not want to. I do not want to see uh, get to the playoffs. Have Portland the third seed. Yes, I think they'll end up in the third seed. And they're you know, pretty young too. So. Get bounced in the first round because yeah. of injuries. That's the good thing about Portland. But, if you're a Portland fan, I mean, you got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Um, any other games you guys watched this last yeah, week? Yeah, I watched the Bucks play the. Uh, oh, <laughs> the sorry, Sacramento the Bucks, Kings. the Bucks, dude. You guys can't sleep on these guys. Told, hey, man, I told y'all, Kings coming. Yeah, no, Kings are coming. Kings Bucks are, are good. The Kings are really good. Bucks are good. Yeah, everyone knows Bucks are good. Giannis MVP. I don't know. It just it's like Budenholzer comes in, establishes his offense. Uh, Giannis was still Giannis last season, but he didn't play in the system with guys like this. They can uh, take advantage of his strengths. Like, yeah. yeah, they got these guys just all space out. I watched a, a kind of a play get diagrammed in real time or a replay get diagrammed of the Bucks coming down the floor. Giannis, the tallest guy on the floor, is running a break. He's in the middle, and you basically draw a box around Giannis with two guys in front of him and two guys behind him. Uh, the guy trailing the break is Brooke Lopez, so two guys uh, gravitate, to, gravitate to him. Malcolm Brogdon just cuts out of the corner to the basket, and then boom, Giannis just hits him right there. Giannis has been point Giannis in the past, but he didn't have guys actively cutting like this in the past, so yeah. he's being unlocked. Yeah, full and potential I, right now. And I think you're right. I still, I still personally think that the Raptors will come out of these. But man, when the confidence at which Giannis has always been great, he always played with confidence. He he has a great personality. He'll talk smack on the floor. But have you seen the confidence that almost like? comes with out of you know uh middleton's sweat i feel like he's sweating <laughs> confidence that guy, sweating he confidence. just comes down the he comes down the court full speed like with the ball full speed turns around and does two post moves full speed like he doesn't go slow just shake to the left shake to the right and then fade away jump shot and it's just money like every time exactly yeah. like that's what i'm fast, saying like that's that's fast. literally what's what's setting them apart because obviously Giannis is you know he's gonna do him i, 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 I want to come yeah. back and talk about andre's <laughs> comment about Giannis's mvp as it you know but um to have a guy like Chris Middleton who, you know, doesn't mind being the second best player but plays with that level of confidence. When I say, you know, he exudes or whatever the word is, yeah, that's <laughs> he sweats, exudes. Com- exudes confidence. From his pores. Uh, yeah, from his pores. Like, dude, where did this Chris Middleton come from? He, I always I always knew he was good, um, but I didn't know he was this good. Dude, yeah. and, and Drew Bledsoe is playing – or Drew Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is <laughs> – Drew Bledsoe out of retirement. He's, he's pulling playing, a Jason Wooden no, and dude. coming out of retirement. He's playing Tony out of his mind right now. He got the extension. <laughs> and, like, when they signed uh, Eric Bledsoe, I was like, man, he's good, but he seems like to be kind of a bonehead, just kind of playing on the Suns. Your skills kind of don't – they kind of dull, not playing, always tanking. And they admitted on the broadcaster, uh, actually – uh, Budenholzer said in an interview, like when he got here, he had some bad habits, but he's been coachable. He's been ready to adapt to our system. He can run it. And so just seeing Bledsoe curl around the corner, around a pit, go full speed down the yep. lane, and then Giannis cut in an in a opposite arc right behind him. So they go to meet Bledsoe, but then you have Giannis already going full speed, like a young LeBron gets the ball. And you know how long his steps are. That didn't happen in the past. That's no. going to happen in the playoffs. And what's the answer to it? I don't know. Winning that, solves a lot. It does. That whole team is legit scary like eric bledsoe just got signed an extension on friday uh Is they played four years like yeah 70? four years 70 million uh same day he signs the extension he lights up the lakers like they sag off him a little just drive to the rim every time he had about four or five plays just like that uh, uh also i didn't want to neglect the kings here the kings are playing really great they're everyone's oh, i'm sorry they're everyone's secret favorite league pass team hey they're um, my eighth seed the they're best coming part, yeah you're right you did call them but not, the not, uh, the best part of the league pass broadcast is that you get to see some of the home kind of the home cooking mm-hmm. jumbotron stuff and their bench is called the liddy committee everyone's the liddy just, committee. Yeah, just, <laughs> what the liddy committee everyone's just hype every day every oh. basket De'Aaron fox comes down the lane everyone's just exploding off the bench they got Harrison Barnes looking good in purple. Like, uh, a lot of I love my man Barnes. I totally I'm forgot that he was on the team for some reason. Yeah, Max Dude, Barnes. Not only, say, man. not only do they have I Harrison mean, Barnes, they got Corey Brewer on a, on a 10-day contract. 
I don't know why they did they sign. I think they signed him. No, he's on the ten day contract. He's still on ten day. I thought they signed him a couple days from now. Yeah. Uh, and he's got the goggles on. That guy here, like he's like one of the minor role players that they end up keeping him around. But he must be the greyhound. He's so good in, in transitioning so fast. He's only like thirty. He's like thirty maybe twenty nine. He's not that old. Um, but yeah, he just gets down there, gets there in transition. He's he's pretty crafty. Like he's like the best, like one of the best ninth men you could ask for. I don't know why the Sixers didn't keep him around. Yeah. I got to ask you a question, Rich. So last week you called Giannis Young Shaq. Today you called him Young LeBron. Which is it? Uh, it can be both. both he's like man. in between. Fusion that's, dance. It's crazy because you can say that he's young. He can be either one. Like so when, I think that's what's really special I, about Giannis, right? I he think can, his closest comparison would be Yeah, Will, he could be actually. dominant in the post, <laughs> in the paint. Exactly. Just dunk on you. <laughs> I, uh-huh. Doesn't matter how tall you are. And he can also just like slice, slash to the rim and, I, I and dish playing. at the same time. Exactly. I saw him playing against the Lakers and LeBron, the one I said I wanted to see the clash of the old guard and the new guard and he's sitting there posting two guys like they're trying to deny him the entry pass and then you know, uh, guard him on the backside too and then he like he's not going to get the pass so he or he taps it back and then he reposts them just like Shaq would he gets a <laughs> repost and then they pass it back to him like he's got everything in him he's crazy uh-huh. yeah I just want to talk about something Andre said a little while ago he was real nonchalant about saying you know um Giannis MVP whatever like so clear cut. Do I think anybody's going to beat him? No, but man, did James Harden make a, another strong a case argument, for him man. last week? Did you see that game against the Heat? Down 21 in the third quarter. He ends up going off for 54 points. Ooh. And they win that game. My man, Jim. I'm not so sure Giannis could do that. Rich. Yeah. Like this man is on another level when it comes to scoring the ball, it, putting it, a hoop, a basket in a hoop. Yeah, it, it, it's so strange. Like, you don't want to penalize or give someone too much credit for having a great team like the Bucks do or having injuries like the Rockets have had because that happens to every team. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, James Harden has to be accountable for the slow start that they all got off to when Chris Paul was on the floor and James Harden was on the floor and they made some changes in the offseason, but things weren't going their way and they weren't making shots and they were getting beat down the floor. So, like, he's got to get some, some flack for that. But, yeah, dude, it's insane. He's just, like, literally – a points generating machine, man. Throw the ball up, it's going in, or you're going to hit him trying. If Curry, Stop if Curry it. is like a microwave, you know, he just kind of turns on real quick and is instantly three threes and it's over. Like James Harden's like an oven. Sometimes it takes him a little while to preheat, but it's once he's bla- warmed up, it's yeah. blazing the whole time. Don't touch it. Oh, man. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously don't penalize, like you said, the uh, the Bucks for the amount of wins or even the conference they're in, but it's really impressive to see the, the, the Rockets be in the, in the fifth seed. Um, despite the injuries, you know, I don't think the Bucks really had much of that to, you know, get over. But um, yeah, twenty-one and eleven during that time that Chris Paul and uh, and Capello were out. Twenty-one and well, eleven, and yeah, yeah. Hats off to Daryl Morey too, though, man. He made some excellent moves for the team in terms of depth, picking up Kenneth yeah. Fareed, Austin Rivers. Yeah, dude. Like the those are day, those are really good moves, man. Yeah, the other day I saw Kenneth Fareed and uh, Nene on the floor at the same time, and I could not tell who was who, but. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was kind of scary, not because like whenever there was a fight for the rebound, it was like okay, you guys don't really have much of a chance because one of these dudes is gonna pull it down. Um, so they have that going as well. Of course, Capella is their starting uh, center, probably one of the more athletic centers. But it's good to see um, Eric Gordon, you know, kind of improving his game. Kind of, he, he's looking like really last year, Eric Gordon. Yeah. He's really getting into form, so that that bodes well for them if he can maintain this pace. Um, they did beat the Warriors last week, about a week and a half ago. Um, so they're looking good, man. They're looking good. Um, it's gonna, I think, definitely don't sleep on the Rockets. Um, 
their seed. That's the team where the seed doesn't speak. You know, doesn't yeah, speak I to think their they're the team that the Warriors want on the opposite side of the bracket. Not because they're afraid of the Rockets. I'm not going to sit here and think that anyone's going to upset the Warriors, but they want the Rockets to have to go through two teams to meet them before the they Western beat them. Yeah. yeah, before they beat them, before they meet, because they aren't scared. They've been there before. They've been to the Western Conference Finals before. And they're a team that kind of knows how Golden State plays. So yeah, I don't think the Warriors are going to see the Rockets, OKC, or the Kings. Yeah, <laughs> and the Kings. they beat the Warriors without James Harden, right? Um, yeah, it was just that yeah, was the Chris yeah, Paul yeah. show that yeah, night. Exactly. Look at <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, and Chris was talking too afterwards, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> he was. I, I love Chris Paul, man. And dude, that game, I was just like, is this man ever gonna? Ever gonna what do you call it? Once appreciate get the chip off his shoulder. <laughs> that too, right? That that's why I wanted him to win last year because I was just like, dude, can this man get a ring on his finger? The only thing with that and guy is you. I'd say how that validates an entire career. Four 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 weeks every season with Chris Ball. That's the only thing. But he's still gonna he's gonna give you he's gonna give you the number. Shit. Once he gets in the playoffs, yeah. it's over. That's all that matters. <laughs> what else we got, Rich? On the agenda, we got. Um, well, we talked about Corey Brewer's goggles. That's what I really wanted to hit. Uh, nice. The important things. How long is Paul George out? We talked about OKC and Paul George in the past. Uh, I have it up right here. They're kind of sliding without him right now. They're, they lost five in a row. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, um, and it it almost seems like unfamiliar territory for well, Russell he, to or for Russell Westbrook to be like the first option. <laughs> yeah. Well, know. so he's supposed to get checked again today. It's supposed to be a game time decision. So it's seven o'clock right now. Uh, we'll know soon if he's gonna play. Uh. Okay, see, play? don't play today. Who are they? Who are they? Don't play today. Yeah, they don't play today. So the the last check was today. Just a game time decision. I think they they play tomorrow against Minnesota at seven. So we'll know tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think they want to fall into the. Uh, I think they match up better against the Nuggets than they do either the Rockets or the Trailblazers. So I think they def- desperately need to you know get on a bit of a run. Um, if they if they play the Nuggets round. I'm saying round one, but I'm pretty much jumping ahead to round two. Um, if they get past round one, who would they actually match up against right now? They would match up against the Utah Jazz, who I think they could beat. Uh, rematch Maybe, from last yeah, season. That would be a nice rematch. Yeah. Having Rudy Gobert against, you know, Stephen Adams. Let's see, see all y'all do. Minus Mello. Paul George. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Donovan Mitchell, like, exploding not too long ago for about 45 points. I yeah. think so. I think they're rounding in the form, too, just like the Rockets. So. That would be a hell of a of a matchup for me to watch. Yeah, that'd be nice. Their last game was really nice too. Yeah. Really so. glad you mentioned Melo, Andre, which brings me to a report I saw yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yeah, they were. I think it was Boys reported. Melo's camp um, is putting talks with the Lakers on pause until they know that they are in the mindset to make something like that. Until they ensure that the Lakers are in a mindset to try to make the playoffs to basically be contenders. Into which I asked you guys to think about this. Which contender would even benefit from having Carmelo Anthony on their roster? You think well, of anybody? I, I mean, maybe Miami trying try to manufacture some more old man offense, someone to to get an outlet from Goran Dragic or whatever. Maybe Utah. Like we're, I'm assuming this Carmelo is going to come off the bench. That's I a want a large s- assumption or huge I'll, assumption. Yeah. No, I mean, he came off the bench in Houston, but that was more of a, more of a, Hey, I'm, I'm joining this, like hopefully juggernaut. I'm here to assume my role. And I think, you know, he knows he's a buyout candidate. You know what I mean? He, right. He knows that he just wants to get as many games in as possible, which is why he wants to go on a playoff bound team. He doesn't want to go in there for the last 20 games and just 
be off and watch the playoffs like everyone else. If yeah. he if Melo doesn't sign with the team this year, or let's say a team doesn't reach out and say, you know, we want you on our team, what does that look like for his career? Does he think he he'll definitely be on a team next year? I think he has enough talent, right? He still does yeah, if he wants to come off the bench. That's the thing. I think he'd be a Joe Johnson, uh, you know, two point you know. Uh, well, K- I saw K- Joe. And, uh, yeah, I saw Joe, and hopefully he gets some opportunities to sink some shots like that, so he could continue doing it, even though yeah. it doesn't seem as. Though I mean, that's his out claim to fame, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how he makes his money. Um, but yeah, he's got to be willing to step down. So what does that say about the Lakers? If we don't know they're gonna they're gonna make well, it. Are y'all catching up tomorrow. Their uh, their their show might be uh, over with. Showtime's closed for this season. <laughs> I think no Showtime. <laughs> Man, I just always wonder what LeBron thinks. You know, during games, before games, after games, about the decision to go to the LA. I think ultimately for his brand, it makes sense for him to be in LA. But does does losing impact that brand at all? Or do you think he's already, you know, immune to that? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of Kobe fans that left over from those championship years, those five championships with Shaq and with Pagasol that are like, all right, well, he rooted against LeBron all this time. Let's let's kind of see what he's got. And then here he's kind of pouting, has this sort of demeanor about him that says, yo, now I'll activate things. Now let's get started. Now I'm being serious. And then he's throwing balls off the side of the backboard for a turnover, you know, stuff like that. He's, he's, just, he's being very mixed message. animated when he's talking to his teammates, you know, hands in the air. Like, Oh, you mean when he's very dramatic at his teammates, you mean not even talking to them? Well, no, like in this last game against the Suns, which, oh my goodness, you lose to the Suns, that's like panic alert. I mean, I think they were already kind of there, but dude, this is like. That's rock bottom. Yeah. Like, what is it called? Thread level zero, whatever yeah. you call it. <laughs> but, um. That doesn't make sense. They're level zero. Defcon four. There you go. That's a better. <laughs> that's a better uh, phrase. But you're listening to the Suns, man, and he's like, he's he's yelling. He's yelling. You can't hear what he's saying, but he's like I said, he's being real animated, hands in the air, yelling at guys, um, not even talking to his coach. Yeah, <laughs> like the Suns are the worst team in the league. Like legit, they have the worst record. Igor yeah, Kuskov so. was going to be fired earlier this season. Well, the- there's a lot of talk as to whether Luke Walton will be here next year either. So. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, he's definitely out. Yeah, that sucks because he was in such a great situation with the Warriors. And I get it. You want to take the chance. I mean, who wouldn't take the Lakers coaching job, right? right. I, mean, I mean, anyone would take it. Phil Jackson. I'll take it. Y'all want <laughs> Phil Jackson. Jackson would not take it. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, I, at the beginning of the season, I know a lot of people were saying, hey, uh, LeBron, we're going to we're gonna try and do what we can this season, but the real – the real action is going to start next season. I mean, that's what they sign in all these vets. These one-year vets. They did their best uh, to sign vets like Michael Beasley at the expense of Brooke Lopez. How right. much would they like to have Brooke Lopez right about now? Yeah, they made a lot of boneheaded decisions. Like and Splash Mountain, he's he's more than trading Zubac too. Yeah, he's like on the, he's on the Clippers. Who they, who they played tonight? Like it's ridiculous. This is the game that could put the nail in the coffin. Brooke Lopez, Zubac sinking the coffin underground. Like, yeah, uh, the Clippers. You know, Patrick Beverly's gonna get up and try to go out these guys. You know, yeah. they're all fired. They're, they're uh, out. They're the little brother team. We'll see what happens. Lakers are done, man. Uh, LeBron, the past few games before the these last two, he was kind of lackluster on defense. He was actually trying these last two games, but I mean, it's just not, it's not helping. It don't matter. These, I don't know, the coaching, I mean, coaching staff's not, not working. The team, the the team combination doesn't really fit. It's like, not just LeBron that's not playing defense. Well, it, Rondo's not that good. He's just kind of hawking the Yeah, no, game. he's giving up points. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> if they just shut team. down LeBron if they lose in this game? 
Because no there, there's rumors that he's playing injured, so why as well just shut him down, right? Uh, not going to make the playoffs. I'm not saying he's not injured. Everyone they have has a pick this year? something uh, I'm not sure. at this point of the season. I think they might get a lottery pick, and LeBron will have to go up there and pick it. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> everyone's uh, ailing in some way at this point of the season. I think it's a little more embellishment just to make it sound as though the load he's carrying is that much greater. Uh, you know what I mean? What? And I don't think anyone could could forget, or he wouldn't feel like he could live it down if he just kind of packed it in and shut down the end of the season. Yeah. No, nah, this team is like Frankenstein, but no legs and extra arms. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I think uh I mean me and I know me and Andre had him in our in our uh making the playoffs when the season started Rich. Looks like you were right. Gonna miss the playoffs. I mean they were like twenty one and eighteen or something with him in the lineup. They weren't well, that to be fair, they were they were the fourth seed before he went down. So. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They were like twenty one and eighteen yeah. with him in the lineup. Yeah. That's not that great. I think we were just so caught up in what he did last year in the playoffs that we just thought this man could do anything. Yeah. Like you can put him out there one versus five and he'll manage to win the game. He at least that's has essentially shoot- what's he, going he at least on. had shooters last season. <laughs> yeah. And this season he's the best three point shooter on his team. Oh, so that's, that's yeah, I know. that's no good. One sad thing about his season potentially coming to an end early is that our memories of Space Jam and the way it was in the franchise. They're going to be tarnished now that he has time to make We got to two, more the whole thing for two more years. Two more years. Y'all go see Space Jam. Yeah, but if they made the playoffs, how long run? Who knows? If you if you didn't have time to make Space Jam 2, it wouldn't come out. And our memories of the old one would stay intact as fresh <laughs> and good as ever. Now it could be different. Oh, I'm excited for Space Jam 2. Yeah. Give me some more. So, um, I think we're going to wrap this segment up, guys, or this show up. But we actually got a message on Twitter from one of our fans. It's from at MFFL7741. So it looked like he's a. Uh, not only a Mavs fan, but obviously a Luka and a Dirk fan. He asks, I know you guys are Mavericks fans. What do you think are the possibilities of Dirk coming back for yet another season? Uh, I think they're pretty high. I think he's excited to see what Porzingis and Luka Doncic on the floor together. And he's envisioning himself coming in off the bench, kind of just bombing some threes, being like the ultimate six man. Like that's what's in his head. And he, as much as people are telling him, Go ahead and retire. I think that's kind of making him be like, oh, no, nah, I don't got to retire. You're trying to tell me I can retire. You should tell me I was soft. Now I'm going to prove you wrong and play until I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Dirk's like that That in between. So you got you got your Kobe, right, who did the whole, like, going away parade. Not parade. Not physical parade, but, like, going yeah, away party. He doesn't want the farewell tour. Yeah, he doesn't want the farewell tour, but he's also not tim duncan where it's like you know what i'm gonna fade out without saying anything i'm retired <laughs> yeah, bye <laughs> yeah i when when he played his final game for the german national team there's photos online where everyone was cheering for him and the the donkey dirk kind of signs and as much as he's embarrassed and a little skittish in, in public moments like that he was crying and enjoying the moment like he he really loved that moment he loved carrying the flag for his team at the last olympics um and so he wants a moment like that. He wants people to know that that's his last game, even even if he doesn't want a uh, jersey swapping parade all over the all over the country. Well, maybe, hopefully, I'm assuming uh, at MFFL seventy seven forty one um, wants him to come back. So, um, hopefully, this will put your mind at ease. I went to a show last week, guys, and Dirk and the Mavs were there because it was hosted by them, um, and everybody started chanting one more year as he walked in. You know, and he got on the mic and started thanking the fans and everything. And I got to tell you, the sound in his voice, kind of the way he thanked everybody, once didn't sound like a guy who was on a on his last farewell leg. Tour, right? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't on a farewell tour. It was, it was like, thanks for coming. 
see you next time kind of deal right so right. see you again on the court this year and next year it, that's truly the way yeah because you can kind of tell when a guy's like you know ready to hang it up the way he's talking about it um and he was still kind of being good old Dirk, you know having a good time he wants to put a little separation between him and will once he passes them you think he'll yeah. pass him this year uh, he's been playing like he's trying to, man. That dude is, he's getting the ball. He's just throwing it up, dog. Bad <laughs> sh- dude, hand in his face. Don't care. It's going up. Like, uh, Not he all- might, he might get it. Yeah. And they're up. And he's been playing good too. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So and as long as he's still moving around and healthy, can shoot like all for it, man. Do what you do. If I, if I had to bet, I would say that he, we're going to, we haven't seen the last of Dirk this year. Yeah. If I was bad, man, he's coming back. Year, yeah. I'd say he's coming back. Rich, come back. Oh, I definitely. I think he's coming back. Well, that does it, guys. You not, now you know where we stand on today's NBA, what teams are going to make the playoff push, what teams are pretty much done. Um, if you'd like to share your opinion, think we're off base on any of these teams, um, go ahead and shoot us a tweet at Show. That's at Show on Twitter. And you can also send us an email to ShotCollarShow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear uh, your thoughts, who you think is going to make playoff push. You know, the bottom of the West is looking awfully close. Who do you think is going to take that last seventh and eighth seed? Um, but let's talk about some games that are coming up, guys. What are you guys catching? Yeah, mine's a little bit of a deep cut. I want to see Brooklyn play against the Hawks. Uh, Trey Young has been kind of on fire lately, that quadruple overtime game. Uh, against the Bulls, you know, take it with a grain of salt. And then playing against the Bulls again, again where he got ejected after hitting a three from the logo and then staring at the back of, uh, of Laurie Markkinen's head. Or <laughs> staring at the back of this guy's head and he gets ejected by the ref just off of that for taunting. Anyway. He's been playing super well, kind of making his case for uh, Rookie of the Year. He got named Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month last season. Uh, Luka Doncic was Eastern, West, Western Conference Rookie of the Month. But playing against the Brooklyn Nets, who are trying to keep their playoff position, they got Spencer Dinwiddie back, kind of trying to work everyone in and see if they can maintain this like positivity. So that's coming up. Uh, it's a little in the distance. It's coming up on Saturday, March 9th, but I'm excited to see that. Awesome. I'm going to catch the Boston Celtics versus the Golden State Warriors. Got that uh, TNT Tuesday going on. Late game, 9.30. I'll be up past midnight. Um, I really want to see how the Celtics do against the Warriors. We talked a little bit about you know, their struggles, whether or not they're going to be competitive in the playoffs. I think if they can at least make keep this game close, make it competitive. And I'm not saying they have to pull out a win. If they did, that would bode really well for them. Maybe get them going on a little bit of momentum. Of a momentum um, streak uh to end the season but uh if they get destroyed man that's just gonna i think that that it that basically you know makes my point that they might exit first or second not first round but second round depends on where they end up in the season if they have to face philly in the first round uh i think that uh i think that'll be a short-lived playoff are you talking about the celtics yeah I mean, who knows? They they've been whooping Philly's ass on the regular, so somebody's getting uh, somebody's gonna the lose. franchise flip the Yeah, oh yeah, Philly team. wins this. Uh, I mean, another it's... thing that can happen is you know Philly moves up to the third seed, and then suddenly you've got the Pacers and the uh, and the Celtics. But either way, um, I want to see how they do against the stacked Warriors. If they can pull out that win, then man, that's all it takes to spark a light, uh, spark a fire under their asses. Yeah, so for me, I plan on checking out the OKC Thunder versus the Portland Trailblazers this Thursday. Uh, They're the three and four seed, respectively, in the West, so I'm going to expect this to be a pretty intense game. They're 
one game out from each other right now. So it's, I expect it to be very competitive. I, I expect Paul George to be back for that one. Definitely. So yeah, looking forward to that. See how both of those two teams handle each other. Less than 20 games left in the season, guys. Big matchups coming up. Some teams are going to define their season by those last couple of weeks, whether or not they make the playoffs. Others are just going to hopefully, you know, get their lineup situated, figure out what their game plan is going into the playoffs. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. And uh, let's see uh, if we're right or wrong with our predictions. Uh, that That's going to do it for us this week, guys. As always, I'm your host, JV. Oh, we have a uh, programming note to share, don't we? About next next week? Oh, yes. Next week, we will not be uh, having Richard on the team. We're actually going to be doing a YouTube live segment, Andre and I, while Rich is enjoying uh, time on in the ocean. Or He's on a boat. He's going to be on a boat. I'll be on a boat. <laughs> I said in the ocean. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be diving in. Scuba diving. Deep oh, sea. Submarine. I want this 90 degree weather to uh, <laughs> take, a, take, a, oh, yes. take my voice for the better. If any, if any of you out there didn't know... Um, Dallas right now is very cold, 20 degrees outside yeah, as we speak. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go to work this morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so. so Rich won't be with us uh, next week, but Andre and I will be doing a special YouTube live. Video debut. Yeah, exactly. So you get to see what we look like. Uh, please Maybe. hold the jokes. Play your cards right. <laughs> Maybe. Um, you say hold the jokes. Hold the, the jokes, jokes please. Be nice. Um, but uh, very excited for that, taking it to video. Hopefully, keep expanding. Um, and we will have the audio from that session posted in the podcast feed uh, yeah. later on in the week. Too. Yeah, so that way you can catch us live. But if you can't, catch us after the fact. We'll also be putting it on our podcast channel so you can at least catch the audio if you prefer. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for that. Can't wait to continue to see this show grow. But it can only grow with your guys' help. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, Give us a shout out, retweet us, like us, share with your friends on Twitter. That's at Shotcaller Show. Hashtag Shotcaller Show. And then also send us a message with anything you'd like us to cover at ShotcallerShow at gmail.com. And uh, if we like your tweet, we will retweet you, give you a shout out, and feature you on our next uh, podcast segment. But for now, once again, <laughs> I'm JV. Rich. This is Andre. And we're the Shotcallers. Signing off. Do we have to watch the Lakers anymore?